you. Hey, good morning. <clears throat> good to see all of you here. And we are continuing um, our series on Give Yourself Away. And Pastor Dan has been, um, you know, brilliantly, um, and, but also inspirationally and challengingly um, giving us uh, this concept of giving ourselves away all through the scriptures. So let's review here for a second uh, where we've been over the last five, six weeks. Um, in this series, we've learned that giving yourself away um, involves a, a heart of humility, where all, always our first step um, is one of uh, humility. And then also um, being a servant, using our gifts uh, to serve, becoming equipped to serve, um, and then doing that faithfully. Okay? And so uh, I, I don't know about you, I, I've been learning a lot as I've been, I've been sitting um, and listening and seeing this in the scripture, but I've also been um, asking this question to myself, um, and again, you're probably a better person, so you don't, you don't do this. But I'm sitting here thinking, like, if I'm giving myself away like this relentlessly, um, and I just give and I give and I give, what about me? Have you had that thought? Like, who's going to take care of me? Um, and some people think of life um, as a zero-sum game. So they think of it like a, of a piece of pie, like a, like a pie that's cut up into different pieces. And the idea is, if I'm not looking out to get my piece and everybody else is getting theirs, do I get no pie? Um, again, I'm sure none of that has crossed your mind because, um, you know, again, you're probably a better person. Uh, but I'm, I'm sitting here just thinking, like, um, who takes care of me? How do I end up satisfied and happy if no one's looking out for me and I'm looking out for everybody else? Okay, so this is the, this is the question that we're going to wrestle with a few, for a few minutes here um, from, the, from the teachings of Jesus. Um, and uh, we live in a country that has really prioritized the pursuit of happiness. And we have it in our constitution, right? This is about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Um, and our culture everywhere is saying, self-actualize. Make yourself the point. Take care of yourself first. Uh, and so we have to ask this question, how are we doing? How are we doing? Um, it's interesting that social commentators have spent a lot of time in the last 20 years looking at this idea of happiness. It's actually called happiness research. And one of the things that's coming out in really clear ways is that today in America, we have more of everything, literally, except happiness. It's unbelievable that the misery index when we look at depression and all the ways that people are self-medicating, um, is higher than ever before. And it's kind of been puzzling because on the one hand, we have so much except peace. So listen to, uh, listen to Nathaniel Blake, um, social commentator on this. Americans live in a time of comparative peace and unprecedented prosperity with technological wonders and remarkable personal liberty. For most of us, the old indignities of life are gone or they're greatly reduced. We have light and water. We have hot and cold on command. We live with central heating and cooling. Indeed, for many of us, sweating, stinking, and suffering are what we do for exercise or recreation. They're not the inescapable features of life. We have endless entertainment we have nearly boundless education available to us for the price of a smartphone or an internet connection. We are prosperous but anxious. We're indulged yet unsatisfied. One comedian 
uh, said it this way. Everything's amazing, but nobody's happy. He was uh, sitting on an airplane when he made this observation, um, and a young man on the airplane had his smartphone out, and his data was going a little too slow, and he went, stupid phone. And this is, this, is, this is what this comedian said. We have magnificent cell phones that can dial anywhere in the world in a flash. We have, comfu- we have computers that function in midair when we're in flight and flying. Are the seats uncomfortable? Are the planes often late? Okay, yeah. But think about it for a moment. You're doing what people have dreamed of for thousands of years. You're up in the air. You're born aloft, heading for the destination of your choice. Anywhere on the planet, you're flying. Give your phone a second. It's going to space, right? Now, have you noticed this aspect of human life? That the more things become convenient and at our disposal, the more impatient we seemingly become and the more discontent. So, Everything's amazing, nobody's happy. Now here, we have to ask the question as we wrestle with this idea, why is this? Why do we notice this in our friends, in our neighbors, in our culture, um, in our own families, in ourselves? Um, And here is one of the summary findings of the happiness research. Happiness actually cannot be found by pursuing it directly. It's a byproduct of a greater pursuit. Happiness can't be found by making it the point. And so underneath all of our human experiment right now in our lives, and we have to face it personally and culturally, is this idea that when we make ourselves the point, we actually lose the happiness that we thought was the point. Okay, now, here's where the brilliance, again, Dan mentioned how we look at the wisdom of Jesus here as our anchor point, but here's where the brilliance of Jesus uh, shines once again with such magnificence. Because 2,000 years before the technological revolution, he spoke to the heart of the human condition, and he knew the secret of happiness. And this text that I'm about to read for you is found in all four Gospels. I'm just picking one you know, here for for brevity, but in Mark 8.35, Jesus said this, if you try to hang on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and the sake of the good news, you will actually save it. So once again, Jesus, not only the savior of the world, but so incredibly smart. He knows the secret of life, and he says, actually not the way you think. Make yourself the point and you're going to find misery. Move beyond yourself, something bigger than yourself, to the eternal purposes of God and his activity in your life and where he's taking the world, and you actually will find joy both now and forever. So let me summarize Jesus' teaching in two ways here. If you make self-preservation the point of your life, according to Jesus, you will actually miss the abundance of life that he came to provide. But if you abandon yourself to love of God and others, you're going to find joy both now and forever. It's the secret of happiness. 
Um, and it's borne out now 2,000 years later by all of the research. So let me, let me just summarize in this way. If you were asking the question this morning, you were to say to me, Dell, from what you know as a follower of Jesus, from the wisdom of the scriptures, but also from the social science, if I wanted to be happy, where would I put my efforts? Um, I would tell you three things. First of all, this. Invest your life in love, not in things. Now, the longest running study in social science history um, began in the 1930s called the Harvard Study of Adult Development. Uh, Very unique because they took several hundred people from Harvard University. So these were students, theoretically our best and brightest. And then they ran a control group where they took several hundred people from the inner cities of eastern coastal towns, okay? Um, And they followed these folks over 80 years. This study is still going. There's like 17 people left, okay, from this original study. And the diversity of this group is astonishing. It's what makes it unique and the longevity of it. And so they've looked at these people's lives and followed them over the whole lifespan, okay? And it includes a U.S. president that was in that Harvard class, it includes hundreds of just ordinary folks that are in the, in the factories and different things. Uh, some are unemployed. They've experienced every kind of phenomenon in life. And after looking at this data for 80 years, here's what they've discovered. Absolutely and unequivocally, there is a single variable that relates to what gave peace and happiness over the lifespan. And it was not what you think. It's not what's being advertised. It was not fame. Remember, I'm, I mentioned the U.S. president. It was not wealth, all kinds of diversity there. It was not social status, unequivocally across all these control groups. The quality of people's interpersonal relationships, whether whether they were able to build and then invest in and maintain loving relationships, was the single factor related to whether they were happy or not. And so when, when Jesus comes to us and says, love is the point, that when you give yourself to others, you find peace. He knows how life works, right? And so if you want to be happy, you have to prioritize the things that give you long-term peace, both now and forever, and it's others. Okay? Secondly, this. You want to be happy, you need to focus outside yourself. Now, I remember first coming across this fascinating thing when I was in graduate school um, there was a professor in, at the University of Chicago doing, doing research on optimal experience. Like he wanted to find out what made life, when people were reporting, when they, they were most alive, when they, were, when they felt most connected to what was exhilarating and good, he wanted to find out what that was. His name is Mahai Csikszentmihalyi. Okay, he's a Czechoslovakian. And uh, his name is like 35 letters. Okay, but, but he did a study called FLOW. All right? And he began his study by looking at rock climbers, so, you know, people that, without ropes, climb the sides of mountains. And he's like, why do, people, why do they do that? Like, it seems dangerous. It seems very isolated. It seems like incredibly hard work. And yet when he would talk to these people, many of them would have high experiences of joy and exhilaration. And what he studied, what he, what he began there, he, he went across all kinds of groups. And what he found was this. This is a quote from him. The best moments of our lives... The best moments of our lives usually occur when a person's body or mind is stretched to its limits in a voluntary effort to accomplish something difficult 
and worthwhile. You know what he's he's saying here? Boredom is the self stuffed on the self. If you want to be miserable, insulate your life by pointing all the focus towards yourself. So it's sort of the opposite of what we would intuitively think. When we make life a zero-sum game where we think our job is to fight for our own selves and to pull the resources in and to consume our thinking in, you end up miserable. But when you, when you enter the adventure that Jesus is giving to, yes, a difficult life, yes, to a sacrificial life, yes, to risk, yes, to vulnerability, but you focus your life outward toward things that are bigger than yourself, you know what you find? Joy, joy. Okay, so Jesus, again, the brilliance of him, 2,000 years ahead of time, knowing this is, is, is amazing because he's, he's the Lord of life. Thirdly, this. If you want to be happy, live for a higher purpose than yourself. Here's a summary statement from the happiness research. Happiness happens when you have a bigger purpose than happiness. Happiness happens when you have a bigger purpose than simply more. And so, the teaching of Jesus, the principles in this series of giving yourself away are not simply for the benefit of others. Yeah, blesses everyone else. Brings healing to the world in Jesus' name. But ultimately, it's for you. Do you follow this? That the, that the way of peace and happiness for your own soul actually is the opposite of what you might think. It's in the wisdom of Jesus to lose your life voluntarily um, in order to pick it up again and, and to have God give it back to you in ways that have eternal significance. Okay, now, if you're tracking with me, you might be asking this question. You might be saying, Dell, but that's a pretty risky proposition. I mean, let's think about this for a second. To give yourself away, to abandon yourself to love, to give, up, to give up on the project of protecting yourself, to risk it all at the call of Jesus is to be vulnerable. And C.S. Lewis, great Christian apologist, he just puts it on the line. He says, to love is to be vulnerable. And it's true because to risk in this way is to risk hurt. It's to risk rejection. And you're going to have that in your life. It's not going to always work out the way you planned. We don't give to get. We give to give. And so when we abandon ourselves to this project, it's risky. The safe play, okay, it would seem, would be to objectify people and things and to use them in, in our control to make sure ourselves that our needs are met, right? That seems like the safe play. And so you may be weighing two kinds of risks. The risk on the one hand is the risk of Jesus' words not panning out. Like, to abandon yourself and to find out, I went off the abyss, right? Or to be hurt or to be rejected. But let's think about the alternative. To hold on to your life, according to all the research, is to risk loneliness. It's to risk isolation. It's to, li- it's, it's to risk insignificance because you live unto yourself, right? All these things that pull us away from what is good and right and true and beautiful, right? 
And so, so Jesus, while he is wise, while he is present, while he is good, also does not take away our choice. And all of us in our discipleship every single day wake up with a big line commitment and small ones. What will be our orientation to life? Will we enter it with ourselves at the center? Fighting for our piece of pie at the table? Or will we wake up this morning and tomorrow and the next one and choose in faith to put the risk on the promises of God, on the ultimate beauty of love, and in the power of redemption and the gospel to make all things right. And depending on which way we go with that shapes the trajectory of our lives okay, in our discipleship as we learn from Jesus how to be like him. So the question becomes, where do you want to put the risk? And I just want to remind you as you're considering that, that the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, can be summarized in many different ways, but this morning I want to do it this way. It means that God has your back. It means that as you, with him, give yourself away, as you take the risk to give yourself to love, as you give up on the self-protection like agenda of your life, as you begin to practically put that into your finances, your time, into your perspective, to all of it, that as you do this with him, God himself steps in to do miracles in your life, to bless you now and forever, and to, and to realize that sometimes these investments are not like we don't always get paid on Friday. So sometimes when we give ourselves, we suffer, we risk, we sacrifice, we hurt, we cry, we pray, right? And sometimes the dividends of these things take 5 and 10 and 15 and sometimes a lifetime to accrue. But every single person has to make this choice about where they will put the risk. And so what I want to say to you is, God's got your back. Go ahead. I dare you. Give yourself away. You'll be happy you did. All right, let's pray. Lord, I, um, I thank you for this community, this family, as we've talked about this morning, um, where we're a cohort asking the big questions of life, learning from the wisdom of Jesus, like thinking about the things that we see and experience, wrestling with these questions. Um, Lord, for all of us, it's got to get down to the bottom shelf where we make decisions, what we're going to do today and tomorrow and the day after that. I pray for folks who are wrestling with their commitments, their time, their finances, their choices. Lord, we open up again to you, to your brilliance, to your presence, to your redemption. Lord, help us to live lives that ultimately lead to joy and peace, both now and forever. Pray for my friends in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, you're dismissed. <laughs>